All right, we are three weeks into this incredible journey. We've had two great podcasts just to, to kick us off here. Simply a discussion between three guys who ask tough questions to better understand what one should do after entering this community under the King of the Jews. I'm joined here by my co-host, Rick, and our favorite guest, Mr. K. What's up, guys? How are you doing this morning? Hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. So... What are we committing to? How should I proceed? What's next? How does understanding Jesus as the King of the Jews enable me to become a better person? What are action steps? All of these things and more we discuss, we implement, and then we go out into the world and make a difference. So it's our commitment not to lead you into anything confusing or misunderstanding. We simply want to ask the questions and then have a conversation. It's your job to follow up and come to a conclusion. Ask, seek, and knock, right? We gain understanding. Look deeper. There is only one mission, and it's to discover truth and apply it to our lives. So what is the truth? What are the gaps that we need to look into in our foundation and start to repair? So as we, be, we begin our discussion today, I'd like to remind our listeners of a few things. Listen, many people throughout history have attempted to understand and engage with this topic. We are not theology experts. The truth should not simply be accepted because it is presented in, in a compelling manner in this day and age by a dynamic speaker. That has been a recipe for disaster, both socially and with religious topics. So it's your responsibility to work the soil. It's your responsibility to put in the time and put in the effort. When you do that, you create fertile soil for this seed of truth to take root. And then fruit grows from that seed. But like planting and harvesting, this is a time-consuming process. Do not beat yourself up simply because you, you think that you should be in, in, in a different region of understanding or a different area of understanding. Work the ground, get excited, push forward, plant the seed, allow it to take root, uh, and, and watch as something incredible happens. This starts to become life in you. If your soil is dry, arid, rocky, unforgiving, the truth will definitely have a difficult time landing and eventually uh, shrivel up and die or be stolen from you. There is nothing wrong with not having everything figured out or changing your mind during this process. As Jesus said, repent. Make the ground ready to receive this eternal life. And he warns us of being the wineskins that are unable to be stretched. So work through it. Adjust your life. Make the corrections. This is the key to obtaining truth and revelation. And the truth really will set you free. This is the How Do I HowDoIRepent.org podcast. So we, we want to hit on... Uh, a topic, a big topic today, guys. We we want to jump into Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We know that there is a lot of information there, so we want to start with numero uno, number one, the Father. So, Mr. K, what did you discover this past week that we can start out with, open our discussion with, and just have a great conversation? Yeah, I want to start out by saying that God is concealed in this world. It's a, it's a revelation when you come to understand that everything's just not available and that you have to dig in and seek it. You know, you talked about uh, sowing and reaping a little bit. And, and the thing is, really, life is about sowing and reaping. That That is the key to everything. I mean, we, and it depends on our soil, and our soil is our understanding. It's who we are. This The whole understanding that God is concealed in this world, we have to work through it and seek him to and find him and that takes work and you right. can't so, do so it really, with bad soil right so it really does it really does give us purpose right we really do yeah. have something to do after we come into community with jesus or we, we accept jesus as our savior right so right. we actually have a purpose it gives us a mission it, it, it and it makes sense from the standpoint of Everything in this life that we value are things we had to work for. Mm. Everything that we've been given freely loses its value quickly wow. uh, and doesn't carry the same weight. The harder, the more time, energy, love, and the harder you, you search for something, you work for something, the more cherished, valued, and, and protective of it you become. Mm. 
What yeah, an incredible and, point. What that's well, that's really good. Well, you know, in First John two three, it says that you know we know God when we keep His commandments, and so the whole thing is. You know, I brought out this point that God's concealed. Well, if we want to know him, we have to keep his commandments. Well, Doesn't we can't also say, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Yeah. And, and a lot of people say, oh, I love God. But do you really know what that is? Is that just a feeling of love? I mean, love is really the point where you're you're being obedient. I'm, I'm being obedient. If, I'm, if I love my father, if I love my dad and mom, I'm going to be obedient to him. You judge a tree by the fruit it produces. You yeah. Know. Yeah, and, and the fruit the fruit of obedience is you being you're following God and you know in His commandments and the, the whole thing is like well what is His commandments and so that that becomes this journey and it's hard to understand that without knowing who God is and you know like the, the this conversation today is about God the Father you know Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit and and when you start to kind of unravel that and you start to look at what is each one of those and you know what's their place and position and I understand their position then I can understand my position better in this kingdom that's that's really good that's really good uh you know because we all want to understand what I should be doing and how I should be doing it so let, let's move back into the father the father, uh, and, and again, we, we haven't even scratched the surface, and this comes from an understanding of uh, uh, simply a humble understanding. And so as we proceed, uh, you know, I'd ask you just to, to not throw up any walls, but sit back and contemplate uh, what what is said, and then uh, take the pieces that, that you would like and apply them, and, and watch as God reveals himself, the, the hidden, concealed God, in a way uh, that becomes personal to you and, and your life and your journey. You know, he's an unbegotten God and he had a begotten son. And, you know, so just kind of looking back and, and just being like, well, what is God, unbegotten and what is begotten? You know, and if you look, you know, unbegotten God, the difference is there's one that's not created and there's one that's created. Let's check out the dictionary definition. Unbegotten, not brought into existence by the process of reproduction. So yeah, it didn't so have any, he didn't have any beginning. It just always was unbegotten as in there was no begin, you know, begotten itself to me sounds like beginning. There was no beginning. It just always right. was. Well, it's a cause and effect. And I mean, it's the whole thing, you know, the, the, you know, what comes first, the chicken or the egg. And it's like, what, what caused the other one? You know, there was an effect and there was a cause. Or right, let's use an example of wind blows and it moves a leaf. There's a cause and effect. The wind is the cause and the leaf is the effect you know, the leaf moving. So, I mean, we could sit there and say, well, how did that happen? But, well, from a scientific side, you could say, well, the sun's, the sun caused it to heat up and there was a temperature fluctuation in the atmosphere and, you know, and it caused an effect that, that moved this leaf. Well, where did that cause come from? Where, where did the sun come from? You know, it, it's this question and it's, it's been, you know, today and today the, you know, physicists, we're more smarter and we can understand things. And, and, and I think there's more of an opinion that agrees. that says, no, there is a first cause. So, so something that's building upon itself. I mean, we talked about that the last podcast with covenants, you know, and one that's building on another. Uh, so, so it, it always has a beginning, correct? I mean, that, right. that's kind of what we're alluding to. Everything you can look back to has a cause, but when we look at the unbegotten God, we, we don't seem to, un I, I can't fathom it in my finite mind, but, you know, understanding that God had no beginning, he always was. It's, it's Einstein's God model. If, you know, you go back cause and effect all the way back and there is no cause, you know, for the, at the, at the origins of. Physicists today, you know, say that we have three dimensions. I think most people agree that we have three dimensions, but they also understand, well, we can only see in two. Um, and I know there's different theories on, on that, but something I, that I was, that I came across was I heard actually that they say there's 14 dimensions. Yeah. There's so there's everything I heard. I heard that same thing. Okay. So we got, so think about this. We have 14 dimensions and, and we only see two of them. I mean, so I'm just saying there's so much that we don't know. And, and, and so for us to try to say, oh, we have it all figured out or this is, this is exactly, you know, where everything's, we can't do that. And let me just say, we, we do not have it all figured out. That's why we're going through this process. Yeah, and by we, everybody and us especially. 
just so everybody understands the, the context for that. And then me with an asterisk really don't have it figured out. Well, <laughs> well that, you know, this is a thing. We, we've got to be kind of open to a different perspective. And I think a lot of time, you know, we, we grow up and, and I know growing up in a church, it's like, well, if, if, if it doesn't say it here in the Bible, then you can't listen to it. Well, if that's the case, then I can't listen to, you know, half the pastors out there that write books because they, there's a lot of things that they say that, you know, they, they come with their perspective. Wow. That, uh, that's interesting. That's interesting because, you know, I, I personally, and I go back to, uh, to some different great authors, Tozer and, and, you know, um, Spurgeon and, and just reading through, uh, Bonhoeffer. And I love to go back into those, those stories and, and those books and kind of refer back to them in, in teaching at times. So I guess, you know, I can't say that, that there's not the possibility of, uh, of what we're doing right now of kind of, uh, working through it and then coming to a conclusion and, and translating it in my own mind of how I would think, and then applying that and teaching others to do that's yeah that's um that really makes sense that comment you made on the note of what Mike said and what you said about the, the books written by pastors by these other books that aren't part of the Bible would it be a fair assumption to say because this is kind of the way that I looked at it is um, we take those things that because these books are written off of their life experiences, their understand their level of understanding as to where they're at in their journey for this whole thing. And if there's things that resonate with us, we compare that back to the book, compare it back to the Bible and, you know what I mean? And find our own and find, you know, search for our own revelation based off of what they've said in conjunction with, okay, does this match up with the teachings given us to us in these 66 books of the Bible? Is that a fair assumption of the the proper yeah. way to, 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 to walk your journey? What is the difference between what we are professing? We, we look at the, the, the Jewishness or, you, you know, we're, we're talking about the, uh, you know, all of these other things that kind of we are considering. What is the difference between the two? Like what, what you know, we're kind of saying one side is is doing that you know this is man kind of interpreting and going through and i mean you could say the whole bible is 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 that i mean th this is a this is coming through a man the interpretation of it so what why would we listen to the one side and then kind of discount the other side i think it's just the way we're brought up in our family and you know what we're taught and we're put in a point where we're it's like we have to be cautious of everything we hear and you know it's it's crazy because we'll go watch tv and let let the tv influence us and i mean think about it but yet when we're going to church and we're trying to dig in and we're like hey you know i want to go look at something that a rabbi said it's like oh well you can't listen to that because they're they don't believe in jesus we we just kind of set our mind to and we start putting ourselves in a box and and it's like all of a sudden we only get this one perspective and, and it's the same thing. Like, you know, we're talking about being able to see things in, in multiple dimensions. Well, we don't have the ability to see things in multiple di dimensions, but we do have the ability to look at things from different perspectives. That's a very good point. Go on. Yeah. And so I, I just want to, I want to bring a perspective that I heard. This, and this was uh this is a Jewish perspective. I, I heard it from, a, uh, I actually heard it from a, a pastor who was talking about it. And, and one thing I, before I want to give this perspective, I want to bring out a point, uh, just the word wisdom in the Bible, because a lot of things, it starts with wisdom, you know. And so if, if you look at the word wisdom and you go back and you say, okay, well, well the Hebrew word is hakma. Uh, I mean, I may not say it with the right dialect, whatever, but okay, so, so there's two words. So there's hawk and there's ma. So the, the hawk actually means potential. Uh, ma means uh, what is. So if you look at the word hakma, it means the potential. So that was like a big revelation. Right. So put put that in the context that, you know, the, the, the translation of that word in that sentence real quick. Okay, so it says in the beginning of wisdom is the beginning of wisdom is a fear of the Lord. So the beginning of your potential is to fear the Lord. Wow. That's good. So, so I want to, this is, so I want to start with this point, with this, just give you a perspective of the book of life. The, the, the book of life, it's, it talks about in Revelation. There's a couple of places. Um, but, and, and this is going back, Mr. K, like we're, we're, cause, cause as keeping it, you know, on topic of the Father, this is kind of the realm of the Fathers. We understand yeah. it. Good. Yeah. I want to give a total, total perspective from who God is. 
And so, so the rabbis teach that in the beginning, God created, he wrote a book. He wanted to be a king. And so he wrote this book about his kingdom. And in this book, he wrote all the characters. And so every character has, you know, different personalities. They have different potential. You know, he, he's writing out their story. So, so he, he wrote about everything in your life. And so, but every single action you take, it has a cause and effect. In this book, is it strictly what's going to happen or is it what every, all the different probabilities of what could happen? Obviously, listeners, we don't see the book. We, you know, we've never seen the book. It's conjecture. We're 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 working through it. You it's know, a big, it's a big book. It's it's a big book. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. a lot of people in this world. So I, I guess w- w- the good things we do and the bad things we do. I mean, or or the book of life. So yeah, let, let's get into that. Let's dive. Yeah. Into that. I, so so the way you look at it, the way that I I came to understand this, and the best way just to try to make sense of it, th- there was a book that God wrote, and here we're in it, and. At the right moment in history, our soul was brought into this begotten body. It was created. And so every action that I do has a cause and effect, and it will affect me and everybody after me. And God knew, he knows the end from the beginning. He knew exactly how it was. And the way that I that I heard it and I came to understand it was that God wrote this book is saying this is the potential that you have yes. and this is and this is the way that this is the way that the story should go. But what happens is because we we have a free will and we can we can make a choice and we can change the direction of that potential. In the end, and this is what it talks about in the Book of Revelation uh, Revelation twenty. It says in the end he opens the books. So it's like, hey, how did this work out with you? You know, Paul said we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So there's going to be something that we're, we got to be judged against. And what happens is God writes this. He wrote this book and it has everything about who we are. But yet what happens is every, what sin does, it gets in the way and it totally destroys our potential. So so you're, you're saying our potential, which is is you know the fear of the lord should drive us to live out our potential because it will be called into account one day so we're talking about you know uh, that potential is is the measure of how we will be judged essentially yeah. did we live up to our potential as as written by god this is how i want you to live you know this is what you are not doing so that's where the judgment comes in I, I just want to hit a point here that the development of this world requires darkness. It requires evil in order for us to succeed in knowing God. Right. Because doesn't it say in Romans, if if not for, you know, um, if not for the law, if not for the instruction or if not for these things, how would I know what good is? How would I know, you know, coveting if 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 I knew that from God it was wrong to covet? There has to be a I don't want to say a yin for a yang because we're not going down that road. I'm saying that there has to be, you know. This is something choice. there to be able to compare it to. Yeah, we 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 got to be put in a place that we get a choice. And in, in Isaiah forty five seven, it says, "I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and I create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things." That that is a very strong statement. Like, well, why God? Why are you doing this? Well, the idea is that we have a free will. That that is really the, the definition of life. It is we have a free will to do something. If you think about it, there is no. There's no true love if it's not given freely. And, uh, you know, our purpose is to love God. Well, if we didn't have the option not to love God, which is sinning, is not loving and honoring God, then there is no, there is no, like you just said, there is no free will. And it's, and anything, anything gotten to him from us is, you know, wasn't by choice and therefore isn't true. Right. You know, not what the purpose is. It more becomes pre-programmed and robotic, which which wouldn't indicate true love. If you are forced to love somebody, there's there's no love there at all. Yeah. Well, you you gotta you, look. We were talking about God hides Himself, and you know when you look at you know God God being concealed right now in this world, He's concealed. You know we we've got to really dig in hard to see Him. But when we die, we'll be in the world where everything is revealed. And Paul even makes mention of that. And, and you know we we'll, we'll be known as we are known. You know it's. It's like 
the thing with this whole thing is it, we, this concealment, really the way you should look at it, it's a divide that God puts between us. And he puts it there so that he he's like, are you going to come after me? And he has already set us in an environment. He set us in this world and gave us an opportunity to seek him and to work through this, to have a free will to choose him. But the whole thing is what's happening is we're crossing the divide and we're coming to this point where we're, we're like coming in and we're, we're getting to know God. And it says, and it's like when one becomes, when one knows God and understands that he exists, then it's like we, we get to join in this adventure of seeking him. And that's really what the process of repentance is. We're coming to this point and we're stepping aside and we're saying there is a God. And even Jesus said, when, when one person repents, all, it's like all of heaven rejoices. And if you think about like a football stadium, everybody's like, there's a game going on. And it's like, everybody's like, yeah, our team, you know, touchdown, whatever. But I mean, if you think about that, when somebody comes along and they, and they actually start seeking God and they cross that line and they start coming closer, it is exciting. And it's like, that's where everybody's rejoicing. Man, then, dude, I am like Tom Brady up there with the number of times <laughs> I've made the crowd rejoice with how much I've had to repent. <laughs> aren't we all aren't we all <laughs> well so so well, start... i just wanted to add a little thought in here you know so so that's when 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 jesus said repent for the kingdom is at hand when he left this world you know i saw one of one of the um you, you, have you ever been in a situation where your mom left the room and she said i'm gonna be back if this room is not cleaned up then this will happen you know wh whatever you you remember that you do what you're told you get it done well, you're talking about, you know, he told us to repent, but then the process of discipleship is understanding and living it out. So so essentially, you know, in order to get to this place where, you know, we are living out our potential in the book, uh, we need to really realize that, you know, there is a process that we need to go through. If we are not, what are we doing? That's the whole thing. Life is about it, the essence of faith is when somebody makes this decision to leave the ordinary routine of life and they go, I want to choose God and I want to follow God. And, you know, so that's that, that first step of faith. And, you know, looking at it from God's perspective, he writes this book and think about it. Like if an author writes a book and there's characters in the book, well, the characters don't know the author. And so, you know, they're just, the characters in the book are just doing their thing. They're doing whatever the story is. But imagine the author says, you know what? I want the characters in the book to know that I wrote about them. And so what the author does, he write, he creates a picture and he puts it on the wall to where every character in that book can see that picture. Wherever they're at in their, in their little journey and their stories, they see this picture on the wall. And, and they, it's like the characters in the book get the opportunity and they know that that's the author, but they have to choose and say, you know what? Yeah, I believe that's the author. The moment in the show where we are obviously transitioning into Jesus. What you had just said, they, they, you know, they see the author and they have to accept that that is the author. There's, let's make a clear distinction that even those that hate the author accept that that is the author. It's, it's more than that though. I mean, you, you know, I mean, we just want to make that distinction that it's, it's, yeah. it's it, it, you know, clearly, even the demons knew who Jesus was. They yeah, knew who and God was, and they knew the rule book. Um, uh, you know, so it's it's so much. It's it, and that's kind of the point of this podcast and this searching is that there's so much more to it than just simply seeing the picture, accepting that. Oh yeah, that's the de that that's who, that's who that is, and I believe that. But it's that it's. It's all the work that comes with that that brings us closer. Well, it's accepting the storyline that he's written out. You know, I, I can't help but think, and, and forgive me, but going back to the Looney Tunes uh, cartoons where, you know, they would pan out and you'd see the author, Mel, Mel Blanc, I forget what his name was, but yeah, Mel Brooks, I don't know, Mel, yeah, whatever. Uh, but, you know, he'd be drawing the, the Looney Tunes and the Looney Tunes like, hey, what you forgot to draw my tail or something, you know, <laughs> but, but it, it's just kind of that picture. But but also there is a storyline being created that the characters are progressing into. And, and then we're going all the way back to uh, what Jesus did. What, what did Jesus do? Did, did, is, is, he, is he on this earth as a representative of God so that he can show us the storyline? Is, is, it, is it, am I on the right track? 
Well, like if you look at John, the book of John, John 1, 1, it says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Well, you know, if you've been in church any amount of time, you've probably heard that, you know, you heard the word logos. And it's like, that's the Greek word. Well, there's actually, if you look at the word in Hebrew, uh, there's, uh, deber, and in Greek, it's logos and Aramaic, it's memra and whatever the, whatever the translation, it, it's the word. Well, in English, the best way to describe this or translate it, and I, and I heard this from my daughter's pastor, it was like, it means the existence. And so if you look at, it says, in the beginning was the existence, and the existence was with God, and the existence was God. And so just looking at this, and I and I threw this this idea of, uh, art, of an author writing a, a, drawing a picture in the book, in the story, that's really what, if you think about this, God put his existence in this world so that we could look at it and make a choice and say, you know what? That, that's not God in this world, but it's a, a image of God in this world. And, you know, and so that gives me an idea that I can, that I can look at in the, in the little, in the, from the dimension that I can see and I can say, Hey, this, this is the image of God that he wants me to see. Well, that, that, let's look at that. Um, uh, you know, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son and, and he, he put a representation of him in the world will begotten, uh, as the, as the dictionary reads, uh, you know, typically of a man, sometimes a man and a, and a woman bring a child into existence by the process of reproduction, give rise to, or bring about. So, uh, you know, Jesus was created to serve a purpose in this world, uh, to be a representation of God and show us how this story is supposed to progress according to the book of life. I just want to hit on the fact that this is definitely a, this whole aspect of it, I would say, for, and I speak for me alone, is the area where I'm doing the most searching or is the, is the area where this step in my journey has me needing to learn and to be in the word and to, you know, to research it. But I do think it's interesting. The, um, you know, I, I want to touch on one of the things that I think I've come to learn. And that's that the interesting correlation between Genesis and Jesus in that, you know, in the beginning, God created the, or, um, uh, the light that when God says, let there be light, um, uh, God, the father says, let there be light. You know, I believe that that's a reference to the light of the Messiah. To, yeah, and that's that's exactly what the rabbis teach. You know, just looking at you know from a rabbinical point of view, the logos is the instrument that God uses to create this world. So if you think about it from the Book of Life, it was the pen that He used to write the story on Mount Sinai, where He spoke the Ten Commandments. Well, that would be the logos. The logos spoke the Ten Commandments, and so whatever we, whatever. Um, whatever action or whatever effect that we see in this world from God, it's done through the logos. So it's also so, done through through a partial measure, right? Because yeah, then we go back to to Jesus as the full measure. Well, we have these these pieces like Elijah, Elisha, uh, you well, know, the then, prophets, and yeah. Then you get looking at the Spirit of God, which is which is another point of this. And the Spirit, you know, the Spirit's been here from the beginning. It was in the beginning. It says, you know, the the waters, the Spirit hovered over the waters. Well, I mean, it was also on Joseph. It was on the skilled workers who made everything for the tabernacle, I think, in Exodus 30, 31. You know, but it was also on the false prophet Balaam, which was kind of scary. Um, you know, when you think about it, he, but, you know, it's a whole other story. But it was also on Saul and Zechariah and Elijah and Elisha. You look, on Elijah and Elisha, they actually raised the dead. I mean, they did. That's something right. that, you know, people are like, well, oh, wow, that, that's the Messiah. Well, the Spirit of God rested on them and they raised the dead. But, when you look at it on Jesus, John said, you know, and this was after his baptism. And, and it was like all of a sudden God reveals to the world that, or he reveals to John that this is the son of God. And then, then what happens is his spirit comes on him like a dove in full measure. And, you know, and, and the thing, it's like, it was given in full measure. So if you look at before him, there was never really a time that it was put in full measure. It was only in partial measure. But now on his, on, on this, on this person, Jesus, 
the whole measure is put. In, in reference to the full measure of God being put on Jesus and partial measures, measures being put on those before, some of those before him, all those before him had partial measures. They, some race raised people from the dead. That didn't elicit, you know, Satan to come and, to, to, you know, to come and actually offer the world, you know, the, the tempting of Jesus. Only yeah. one, Only one of them was important enough to get a house call from Satan. The, the, the devil he, knew. He didn't necessarily invite him in for cookies and milk. I mean, he's. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, a, the, the devil knew who he was dealing with. Yeah, yeah that, that, right. that's 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 kind of my point is, yeah. you know, um, if we accept if, if by accepting that at face value, we are accepting that there's only been, you know, I mean, it's only, it, it's only happened once um, uh, now in that, in, you know, I mean, in that measure. The thing the, there's so much I think it happens. Um, that we just, we don't really always understand all the points of it, but, you know, we can get a perspective and, you know, it, it just kind of gives us a different understanding. You know, we talked about this in the last podcast, you know, Jesus has a role, you know, as Messiah and, and he's a conscious being, he's a, he's a human and he, he comes to this point, however it works out, you know, whatever reason, I mean, with John, you know, when, when, when he goes through immersion, he goes through this baptism, and all of a sudden God says, "Hey, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased." And and it's like God makes this well known. I mean, you got to think about like Jesus because he's a human; he has his conscience, and which which he had every opportunity to sin. He had every he had every opportunity to do what we experience every day, and up until that point where that moment that God put his seal of approval, said, this is my representation here on earth. He lived a perfect life. Right. And, and you know, so he he has this logos on him. I mean, this is really, if you look at Philippians 2, that's what Paul's saying in there. He, he, can, he could have considered himself equal with God because now he has the very existence on him. But he didn't take that. And, you know, he humbled himself and, and, and even to death, he, he like humbled himself and said, I'm not going to take that position. No, that's why it's so, that's, that's why his, his whole, his whole story is so powerful because here's the Messiah, the one, the king of Israel, the king, the, the, the king that's been prophesied. He's going to be king of the whole world. He's going to bring peace to this whole world. And here he is. And he doesn't even take that position. Well, well, here, here, Mr. K, we see this storyline playing out. I want to break it down in, in, in my elementary mind and say, you know, if we are to live as Christ, right? I mean, we've, we've kind of gone through uh, some of that in the first two podcasts, but you have this storyline emerging where he goes through a life of temptation. He goes through a life of trial. He goes through a life of suffering and his focus was on living uh, sacrificing, you know, carrying his cross, I mean, before, you know, before it actually took place, but going through this process that we go through every day, and the result was a direct line of communication with the Almighty. So, so if we are saying we are living as Christ, do we need to live a perfect life uh, and get to, the, to achieve this opportunity to communicate with God on that level, to receive a measure uh, in correlation to how we live our lives. I would want to live a perfect life. I would want to remove sin from my life. I would want to repent so that I could have that opportunity to achieve the fruit that we are all seeking to achieve, which is God. Yeah, I mean, we want to live the best life we can, but you got to think about, you know, we have these challenges in our life. You know, every one of us has a different challenge. And those challenges are used, like we were talking about earlier, they're, they're used to cross the divide. They're used to cross the other side and come close to God. And, and that's, that's just, this is the world he gave us. This is the process he gave us. This is the system. And we just accept that we move closer. When looking at it from accepting, you know, Jesus and, and moving into this point and under, and accepting him as Messiah and his position, he has an anointing on him and I'm accepting him to take part in, in that process. Like we talked about in the last podcast, God's process that he has with the covenant and, you know, through this process of repentance, there, there's a good example in the book of numbers where, where Moses has this anointing on him and God says, Hey, bring these elders up. I'm going to transfer some of this anointing on you on, onto them. That's on you. 
And so it's the same, it's the same example that Jesus has. Jesus has the full measure. And so by being his disciples, I get a portion of the anointing that's on him. And I'm taking part of that. And that's what I'm using to work through this life. And I do it. And as I am obedient to him, as I, as I come and I understand, Hey, I need to make this change and I start applying it in my life. Then what happens is through that obedience, I come closer to him and, and it's like I, I gain a more of an anointing and I get a more of a, a, a power to overcome. You know, I get the tools that I need to overcome the, the conflict, the sin, the issues in my life. So, so the, so the, um, the thought that, that kind of came to me is, is, you know, and I've heard it said before, um, we're not doing this to be saved. Jesus did that. He, he, he has the authority that he earned while moving through his life. Because if he would have sinned, I, I don't know. I mean, it hasn't happened, but you know, would, would God have given him that stamp and seal of approval to be the Messiah? I, I, I would probably say probably not. I, I would say, yeah, the rabbis talk about different op, different people through history that they thought had the potential to be the Messiah. Like like Hezekiah had a potential to be the Messiah, but there was decisions he made. You know, Moses was like the first redeemer. There were things that he he didn't do. You know, he, he didn't fulfill that. But here comes Yeshua, um, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, and he actually fulfills it. And that was the thing. So, you know, whether you want to believe that or not, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, well, yeah, it's we're, we're saying, well, we're saying that's what they believe. I mean, it's not what we're saying we believe. It's, it's what they were, they were trying to, to, to look and say, okay, there's the Messiah. Nope, that's not him. There's the Messiah that according to what they knew at the time. And, and, and you know, us knowing now, we could say, oh, well, well, how dare you know Jesus? Well, yeah, he is the Messiah. So, so I, I'm more or less saying, you know, what what we're going through right now is we're giving you basically a storyline and and saying you know as to emphasize a point. I, I just I mean I just want to point out that you, you can't really blame them either because I mean let's face it if the Messiah came back today there's a really good chance that you know we would probably blackball him on social media. He would definitely get his account suspended. <laughs> yeah, you you know, well, yeah, I mean, Jesus was a Jew. He he would be, you know, I, I heard, well, there's not going to be any religion when we come back. Well, uh, you know, what, it's kind of like, well, what law is he going to implement, you know, when right. he comes when back? When he says that, that the law will come out of Zion, well, Zion's in Jerusalem. And well, what law is that? Is, yeah, so so um, th- this process of adopting what Jesus came to represent. But at the same time, we are not doing this to be saved. We are doing this because we have uh, come under the authority of, of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And, you know, our desire should be uh, to live a, a pure and righteous life. You know, I, that comment of be holy for I am holy. Someone would say, well, we're never going to be good enough. We're never, well, then the charge shouldn't have been be holy for I am holy. It should have been live a good life because I am holy. You know, I've, I've, I've done this for you. One, one school of thought and I, and, and I want to, uh, to get into this. You know, I look at this as, as living holy, repenting, you know, going down this journey of discipleship. And, and I see, you know, the cross, right? The picture of, of the cross, the, the, the robber on the right and the robber on the left. You have the left side. Maybe he was on the right. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of uh, guessing at this point. Uh, the one on the left side said, you know, you know, Jesus, pull us down. You know, you have the power to do this, do this for us, save us. Um, you know, had no mind of repentance, no mind of working through it, no mind of even sorrow for what he had done. And the guy on the right said, no, we deserve everything we get. We, 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 we deserve the punishment we get. We're, you know, we're sinners or, or whatever, however you put it. Um, and which one of those did he say, you'll be with me in paradise? was the one that chose repentance, was the one that was sorry for what he did, was the yeah. one that knew his punishment. So when, and I want to tie this all together, when you say, well, you know, it's not about doing things. Well, well, no, I, I would actually argue that point. It's about repenting and saying, you know, I've, I've done these things and I, I, I need to be, you know, and then we say, well, Jesus did it on the cross. Yes. And, and that's where I want to kind of steer this conversation, you know, with, you know, Jesus doing his part. Well, then if, if he did it, do we still need to repent? Do we still need to go through this process? Let's, let's just unpack that a little bit. And if we, if we, uh, 
uh, we're winding down on time. We get cut off on time. We want to continue this conversation next week. But let's start with that right now. You know, I, I want to make a point, just kind of go back so we can talk about this. The the Logos is not God. It's a function. It functioned in Jesus as the image of God in him. It doesn't change Jesus' physical being. You know, so Jesus has this divine nature of God on him. And it's a divine presence. It's inhabiting his body. You know, it's it's basically, if you think about it, it's like you, you could put like Jesus, like the spirit of God inhabited the temple, you know, and it's like Jesus isn't a temple. I mean, he's, a, he's an actual conscience, but it inhabited him. And it said, you know, that that existence tabernacled with us. So so God, God in in the way he could communicate with us from the perspective and the dimension that we can see in it's he gave us this this person that he's putting in charge to lead all of humanity to the resurrection so that's that was his job and even if you look in 1 Corinthians 15 it says that Jesus was the first fruit and then you know then we come and and his job is to overcome death and it says when he overcomes death, then he hands this world back to God and God becomes all in all. So if we look at like, what is this? What? And we talked about a little bit about the role of Messiah, how he's bringing in all the exiles, how he's bringing this world peace, how he's bringing God's law. And, you know, and, and the thing is, he has these, these functions. But what ultimately what his ultimate one is, is to bring this resurrection and and, and even Paul said, if, if it, if we're not talking about the resurrection and if it didn't happen, then our entire faith is in vain. I mean, he makes that comment in first Corinthians 15. I mean, that's how powerful this one, this one concept, which we talked about last week was still an oral concept. I mean, this is something that, that, so in this thinking of a way how God hides himself, he works through this, he's working through the Jewish people, he's bringing understanding. And, and what happens is he comes to this point and he fulfills this job and he dies on the cross and it's, and it's finished. And in three days later, he rises from the dead. <laughs> he overcame death in his own life. So he is sorry, our example. So when we sit there and say, Hey, we're looking after the example of Christ. The very base, the very long-term goal that our example that we're trying to hit is the resurrection. We're, we are wanting to hit that point when we're resurrected into the kingdom. So Jesus said in five, uh, Matthew 5.19, Whoever therefore shall break one of the least commandments and teach others to do shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever shall do and teach them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So, you know, this, and look, I'm, I'm giving in my perspective, my understanding, and, you know, I, I know I'm, I'm not... I mean, I have everything figured out, but I'm just going to tell you, when we accept Jesus, our first, our, our, the very first thing that we should know that we're doing, we're committing to walk this life of repentance. And in this, in this walk of repentance, it, we get hit with, with the understanding that we're wrong. And, and the first thing we have to do is we have to accept that, you know, and then we start making changes. And as we start making these changes, God gives us this understanding on how he wants us to be obedient to him and keep his commandments. And when we're faithful with that, he takes us to another one. And we go from one commandment to the next. So it's not an all or nothing. It's it's always a step. That's what repentance is. Right. It's a process. It's 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 taking it day by day. It's seeking. It's finding. It's asking. It's it's toiling and tilling the soil and pulling the weeds out. Uh, of 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 your garden, if you will, to produce a better fruit, right? You 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 don't want anything to leach away the nutrients could potentially grow something in your life. I, I just just to circle back to something that we had said earlier about the about the perfection, about you know the the, the sin the 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 attempt to keep the commandments, etc., and how we're not perfect and we're never going to be perfect. The goal is to be perfect. So that there's always room to grow. You can always do better. You know, e even the greatest of anything they've ever done, perfection is not, uh, perfection should always be just out of reach so that you always have forward to go. So you can continue to grow in your search and love for, love for Christ and God. 
Sense. Yeah, it does. The challenges in this world, the sin we go through, are the things that help mold our personality, our character. It's, it's affecting our very soul. When we are done with this world, the, the big fruit that we want to hit is the resurrection. But we all are going to have our own personality inside that resurrection. That's who we are. It's like we, we have our own being, but it's an eternal being. And so in eternity, however it works, I've never been there, so I can't tell you, <laughs> but, 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 you know, from what I understand, there are different, there, there's, there's different characteristics. I mean, it's a thing of who we are, but this is, again, goes back to this point where, where Jesus is talking. He said, there's going to be great and there's going to be least. So there's going to be different positions and we're working for that position, but that ultimate fruit that we're trying to attain is that resurrection. I mean, and I want to be in the kingdom. Right, 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 right. I love the passion, man. And I love your point of view. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to take a little bit to chew on some of these things. Um, you know, but I, I love what you, you both bring to the table. There's a, you know, like we said, there's a back and forth and we, and we want to have a great conversation. And, and my friends, listen, it's, you know, don't get into this. Well, we're, we're not establishing any religion. We're not, we're not con confronting religion. Um, what I would tell you is this is, you know, we refer back to the Jewish people. And I, I would ask you to, to look at it this way. This is a kingdom perspective where, you know, God chose to bring it through the Jewish people. And, and you know, it's a culture. And, and as we grow and as we learn and as, you know, we're learning from the culture of our Messiah, of Jesus Christ, the one that we said we are beholden to. So, you know, guys, I want to, I want to, I want to wrap it up now. I'm going to give some final thoughts, you know, take a couple seconds and, and just kind of give your final hoorah. And, and, and I want to share a verse with you, uh, our listeners, uh, very important to my life. And, um, and, and I believe that it will sum up everything that we've been talking about, everything that we've been engaged in, uh, this morning. And, uh, and I'll share that with you after we have some closing thoughts. And, uh, and so guys, take it away. As we work through this, or as I, as I work through this, I try and remember that when I hear stuff, the, the better idea will always win as long as you hear all the ideas. The enemy of truth is silence. That is that. Wow. That needs to be on a T-shirt. That's powerful. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. No, it's good. It's always good to look at different perspectives. I mean, you know, hopefully today this perspective gives maybe a little bit of insight with Philippians chapter two. You know, we talked about that a minute ago. I did. I just want to hit on something. It says, you know, to, to make sure don't it's in uh, Philippians two, starting in verse three. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. It goes down on and it says, uh, you know, not looking to your own interests, but each you, each of you to the interests of others, you know, in relationship with one another, have the same mindset of Christ. And then this is where the powerful point goes. And I mean, really thinking about from what we talked about today with Jesus being the logos, he had this point where he had the existence of God on him. And Paul says, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made a human in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even to the death of the cross. So here's somebody, he had the very existence of God, and he could have been, you know, he could have been this point, and he didn't. But the, the powerful thing is it says, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name. And that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus is the Lord, the glory of God, the Father. Yes. And I mean, that, that is, that, the, the whole reason he got that and, and to get the name means he has the authority of God's name in this world. And so when he comes and reigns as king, and he takes that place. He's going to do it in the name and by that authority of God's name. And, and that's, but, you know, hopefully today gives just a different, a, a, a clear understanding of why God gave him that power. Right, right, right. You talk about perspectives and you talk about uh, different perspectives and we're, we're, we're not um, admonishing to adopt any perspective. You know, you, your thoughts are your own. Your, your journey is your own. Um, we just want to uh, say what may not uh, be being said in, in, in most circles. So, you know, there's a, a verse that is over top of the, the platform in the church that I grew up in, incredible church. Uh, and it says this, and it encompasses um, everything that we've been talking about. 
uh, very well. It says in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people, people that are created in this world who are called by my name, will humble themselves. Number one, that's key to this process. You must humble yourselves to be able to receive. You know, in, in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, it talks about strength and weakness. Well, well, that humility breeds that strength because then you have a platform without confrontation, without fighting against, that you can start to uh, at least consider, uh, you know, I- exactly what kind of what we've been talking about today and some of the points of view that have been presented uh, today. And then it goes on to say, pray, have communication with God. Seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. Repent. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive your sin and I will heal your land. My friends, this is a promise from God. When we submit to the order of God and we submit to uh, the, the, the order of our Messiah, Jesus Christ. You know, gang, I, I, I love that we have this opportunity to communicate with you. You are very important. To us, we may not know you, uh, but you do hold a special place in our hearts. We are on a journey together, simply that. And so as we continue this journey, get fired up, get energetic, um, you know, consider, move through it, till your soil, pull the weeds, and we will see an incredible fruit and others will come and see that fruit that you have planted in your garden. And they are going to say, hey, man, what have you, or hey, woman, what have you done to produce fruit like this. And then you have the opportunity to speak from what God has done in your life. That is what we are getting at. So I encourage you, uh, go out and do it. Go out and get it. Get excited about God. We are going to see change in this world as we uh, are disciples of of Jesus, but also as we engage others. So for today, uh, I want to invite you to join us next week as we continue to dive into God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. This is the HowDoIRepent.org podcast. God bless you. See you back here next week.